On this episode of Resi Week, Vizio is being sold off, Cedia announces the finalists for the best new product, and LG is investing $1.7 billion on OLED. All that and more next on Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 26, recorded Monday, August 1st, 2016. Simply the best. Resi Week is brought to you by our fine group of underwriters, companies like Advanced AV. Welcome to another episode of Resi Week. This is your weekly wrap-up of all the latest news and stories for the residential AV industry. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott, for avnation.tv. Uh, today we are, I, I feel like I'm A, underdressed, and, and B, underqualified for this, uh, but today I'm joined by the great uh, Vin Bruno, the CEO of Cedia. How are you doing this morning, sir? I am doing very well, thank you for asking, and I, you know, I should dress up for every Aviation uh, opportunity I get, uh, but I'll tell you later why I am so dressed up. <laughs> I have no problem with it. I, I, I'm amazed Tim hasn't made me wear a suit yet. Uh, and then, of course, we've got uh, my good friend Jeremy Glowacki, the editor of Residential Systems. How are you, sir? Great, Matt. I, you did a great job with my last name there. We didn't even rehearse I didn't that. It? Yes. No, no, you did great. And uh, and by the way, I think I am kind of dressed up. This is a wicking material. Ooh. So, you know, if I get sweaty with, uh, you know, your tough questions, the I tough can questions. Uh, handle it. Yeah. They will be tough. And... <laughs> I should have done that because it is swell terrain uh, where we are right now. My AC cannot keep up. <laughs> I got to say, it's a little disappointing because um, I didn't think I lived in the deep south, but seems <laughs> I do. Um, let's kick this off as I just pull this up real quick. Coming to us from The Verge, LG is investing a boatload of money, $1.7 billion. Uh, to produce flexible OLED phone screens, gentlemen, this is this is kind of a big deal because you know LG has been one of the main proponents and one of the biggest pushers of OLED technology, but this is still uh, OLED strictly for phone screens. What does this mean for for the the residential industry? Um, because it's just phone screens, does this reach out anything beyond that for for us? Then I'm gonna kick that to you to to start. Going to Ben, uh, I think it does. I mean, oh, I'm sorry, to Jeremy or Ben? No, 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 to Ben. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think it's uh, it, it'll actually carry into the home. Uh, screens on the you know, flexible screens can actually go. Uh, you know, be placed in, in different area curvatures on on corners and and things of that nature. Uh, a 1.7 billion dollar investment on screens for phones. I view it as a continued investment uh, for residential technology. At what point are we going to see moving beyond, say, just the second screen? Because we've got our you know our main viewing surfaces, and we've got our second screen, which is usually a mobile or a tablet. At what point, I know Samsung this year had a, uh, um, a fairly large screen in a fridge. 
Jeremy, how quickly down the road do you see you know these third and fourth screens utilizing technology like this um, becoming prevalent and, and more involved in in the residential space? Well, I mean, I think that you brought up a good point with the appliance uh, application because I do think that uh, you see more and more um, kitchen appliances uh, integrating mm-hmm. smart technologies, Internet of Things technologies. That was sort of the distraction for me at CES this year. You know, I kind of went with an open mind, a, a macro view of, of technology and IoT in particular, and didn't really have an agenda that was, you know, when I go to Cedia, I, I have a full schedule of meetings back-to-back, like 15-minute, you know, no breaks in between. Mm-hmm. I, didn't, I didn't do that so much at CES, and, and I found myself gravitating toward all of these kitchen-type appliances, and I could see where that long-awaited um, screen in the, in the refrigerator door could p- perhaps be an application for, for OLED. Um, um, I don't know about uh, heated surfaces and things like that, but um, there, there's there's a lot of opportunity for um, integrating with control of any sort using right. something that's really thinly designed and it's not going to have a back box type of situation mm-hmm. that you have to deal with uh, in, in the embedding of that technology. Um, uh, you know, the wraparound flexibility part of it, I mean, as far as I'm understanding this, it's it's a it's a flexibility that's built into a permanent curve, right? We're not talking about something that's going to be necessarily in these phones. They're 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 embedding it within a curved hardware piece, right? Is that yeah, what I believe so. That? So it's just mm-hmm. enabling that um, to probably be a lighter weight design and and be able to be more functional without having to build some kind of a you know other kind of technology behind it to, to allow that curving to, to take place, right? Um, yeah. So I, specifically the curving, I think it just it's more about the OLED product development mm-hmm. opportunities, just the investment in that technology. I'm sure that will trickle, trickle into, I'm not going to say down to, but trickle into other areas because it's such a huge investment. Well, and that's, that's kind of where I see it. Mm-hmm. I, I see it as just another, you know, continued investment by, uh, these manufacturers of, of these technologies to making these products more affordable and bring those costs down and allow you know other companies to utilize their products to, to continue to build it um, which I, I think is going to be a, a huge point for that um, this week coming to us from strategy uh, and our good friends Ted Green over there um, Cedia announced the finalists for their best new products. Uh, this is the uh, the finalists that are selected. You can you can check this out over at strata-g.com. Um, Vin, this is something that obviously you guys have done for quite a long time. Um, mm-hmm. h- how do you guys go about selecting these? Are these nominated? Um, how does how does the voting work? What really qualifies uh, a product to be selected uh, like this? Well, I mean, we, we have a call for um, product nominations, and uh, there's an application process and submission. And, and uh, sorry about that, gentlemen. It's my background uh, for my computer here. Um, 
and uh, you know, and and companies, you know, they they proudly come out and uh, you know submit for for these awards, and it's it's interesting, right? Uh, you know, Ted's uh, article was terrific. He was, did they get it right? Mm-hmm. And and the thing you find is, you know, you never fully get it right when you get an opportunity to walk up and down <laughs> the show floor, or you know, I get calls, I got called out, you know, following this announcement saying, hey, mm-hmm. I, I I missed my opportunity, and you know. The fact is, I mean, we, we communicate in so many ways, so many times that, you know, the, the you know, the awards nomination is is, you know, running and that we need submissions and always somebody inevitably <laughs> will miss the deadline or miss it altogether and and then you start to talk to these folks and and you find out, wow, that's some great product that got missed this year. That's the part that I feel like, wow, I wish we could really get it right, find a way that, you know, we chase this down. Um, but I'll tell you, here's here's like a, a, a business case for these awards. You know, last year, a company called DynaQuip Controls, uh, they made automated valves, and they won an S product for their water cup uh, automatic water shutoff. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you the result of that victory. That I got a phone call from uh, you know the president of a reinsurance company, mm-hmm. just based on that product alone, and the consumer awareness that was created now through the insurance industry that Cedia and its members automate homes to mitigate their risks. For war- and by the way, it's billions of dollars in risks in this country right. for uh, water uh, damage, theft, you know, burglary and fire. Billions of dollars in risks. That's what we mitigate those risks for. You know, at least the insurance companies in this country alone. Right. So uh, yeah, so so it's it's and it's quite a an amazing list that we have this year. I can also add to it that the whole show floor, it, you know, there's a bundle of award-winning products not even on this list. Well, and that's that, that's always the thing, right? When you walk the show floor, you find so many things in not only the big booths from the guys you expect to see, you know, a really cool and really effective products, but you find so many, you know, small booths in the back and, and, and first-time guys that are coming in in the in the showcases and whatnot, bringing those products that either solve a problem or just to help you get your work done faster. Um, mm-hmm. And they're always there. And, you know, as I as I scroll through this list, you know, we've got the kind of normal, if you will, sexy products like the, the Sony Ultra HD TVs. But then you've also got, um, from Rosewater Energy Group, a residential energy management hub, which, let's be honest, doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. sound... That's sexy, but it's something that can be very, very effective in the home. Jeremy, not not to tout on you know what they missed, but this is this is one of those things of you can find something or see something that again is either an award winner or even not not even nominated. But you can find those super super cool products that really help uh, integrators not only service their companies but hopefully be even more profitable. That's kind of what these lists can can help achieve, correct? Yeah, and I mean, I think it's just a great guide for the show to start with. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's just a starting point, and you're going to find companies. There's going to be, uh, you know, 
diamond in the rough kind of situation like Ben was describing there where you just didn't even know about this company when you went in and suddenly it's like the talk of the show because it's such a problem solver or um, you know these companies are so busy getting their products ready they may not have the uh, the, the marketing and PR ready to go right behind it quite a, right. quite a bit of the time they're startups um, and it's great that CD has become kind of a startup show you know it's not just CES where you can go find a um, a, a company that's really, you know, developing something innovative and, and knows that the the, uh, the professional um, installation, you know, kind of, I guess, uh, audience is what they need to target first. Um, right. Uh, Jason Griffin, who's been, you know, a, a guest on, yes. on the podcast for quite a bit, wrote, wrote for us today, wrote a, um, a blog for us uh, for Residential Systems, and and he was citing the, the number of... Um, Internet of Things types of products, or mm -hmm. DIY even products, you know, Amazon Echo, the Aero Wi-Fi system, you know, Lutron's Connect Bridge, which is more of a, you know, consumer product, and, and the Sonos Play 5. Of course. So, yeah. you know, the, the, it's great that these companies are at CEDIA. It's great they're getting recognition, and I think it's just showing that, you know, we're, it, it's a broader, bigger world than just this custom channel that we've thought about CD being for so many years and he makes a great case that you know we need to embrace all of this and understand all of this for for the clientele that we serve as an industry um, so you know when things are a good solution when things can be built off of and when things are maybe not a perfect fit because they can't integrate well with other products that are more robust for the channel so um, I think this is just a good starting point with that list, though, for mm -hmm. sure. And isn't that something, just to kind of pull on that thread for a second, isn't that something that we're seeing um, definitely CDA embrace, but also kind of promoting that their that their members embrace the the concept that DIY isn't necessarily bad because it, it you know selling someone, for example, that that Sonos Play Five, that first sale may not seem like it traditionally fits with your you know your your custom integration model, but it can open the door to either a lifelong customer, or you can come in and and explain how that system or, or that that device plays with everything else that they may want to look at. Then has that been a conscious effort on 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 behalf of Cedia, or is that something that has just kind of you know evolved as as that DIY you know market has continued to grow? You know. I've said this, you know, certainly to my staff and members, you know, over the last 25 years, you know, technology has grown linearly. But mm -hmm. now and for the next five years, we're going to see exponential growth in technology. And the fact of the matter is that homeowners, uh, they want a single point of contact for their technology. And while they may enjoy go, you know, running out to a Home Depot or Lowe's or you know, now you can go to New York City and see the Sonos retail store and, you know, and, and buy your Sonos, they're not necessarily inclined to actually do it themselves. They may want to buy it themselves, mm -hmm. but they want it done, D-I-F-M, you know, do it for me. And um, we as an industry, we do have to change. We have to recognize that technology is ubiquitous and that we're not just home technology integrators anymore, that we have to be managers of home mm -hmm. technology. And there's a big difference. 
Oh, there's a huge difference. And, and by the way, you know, uh, Sonos, um, uh, Amazon, they have done a heck of a job of creating consumer awareness for the Cedia channel. These guys are, are oh, yeah. running TV commercials, uh, you know, during the Super Bowl, during the Grammys. And, uh, you know, homeowners are, are hitting the Cedia site to find people to come and design, install, upgrade, and repair their technology. So it's well, a driving business. Yeah, because I, I think that's one of the, the biggest things that sometimes gets missed by, dare I say, the old guard. <laughs> the, the fact that young people, even 40 and below, are comfortable with technology doesn't necessarily equate with them wanting to DIY it. Just as you said, they may want to go purchase it, but that still doesn't always mean that they want to go hang that plasma on the wall and then put their soundbar below it. They still are looking for, um, you know, someone to be their their concierge to help them, uh, you know, put all the pieces together. And and I think that's great that CD is helping to promote that. Um, yeah. Let's jump over to uh, another article. Well, well really, Sorry. very quickly, let me just add yeah. that, um, you know, I've told the story of. Uh, one of our home technology professionals being called to a, uh, to a home. It was a referral from, you know, a, another homeowner that had worked with this home technology professional. And it mm -hmm. was, he got the call at 7 o'clock at night to go to a home that had three Nest thermostats that were installed by a plumber. Okay. <laughs> okay. Nice job on the installation. They were fine on the wall. Mm -hmm. the, the boiler was, was wired properly. But those three star thermostats were not working. The homeowner was cold. And from 7.30, two and a half hours later, mm -hmm. that home technology professional got those three installed Nest thermostats working. So it is not so DIY if it takes a professional two and a half hours mm -hmm. to fix up three installed thermostats. That home technology professional, by the way, after having coffee with that homeowner who was so grateful, mm -hmm. walked away with more than 10,000 pounds in new orders. He's, this happened in England. So mm. the idea of us having the opportunity to engage with a homeowner for whatever their technology needs are leads to new business because we have an opportunity then to educate them on the things they don't know about the lifestyle right. they can have with technology. Yeah, very, very, very true. Um, switching gears, this year, or sorry, not this year, this week, uh, or last week, I should say, this made fairly big news uh, with Vizio, and this comes to us from Residential Systems and, and Twice magazine. Um, Vizio was sold to the massive Chinese technology company, uh, Lel Elko. I'm probably not pronouncing that at all correctly. <laughs> um, but... You know, Vizio has been one of those firms that, that st has started up and made huge inroads in the last 15 years or so. Jeremy, what does this mean, uh, if anything, to firms that are, you know, selling Vizio uh, and for, for clients and, and dealers alike? Well, I'm not uh, a Wall Street Journal writer, um, so I don't have the depth of the business um, you know, acumen, but I, I do, uh, from what I understand, uh, that Vizio needed some cash, you know, and mm -hmm. they, they were looking for an investment to continue on their um, path toward creating products and 
had made a lot of inroads after basically being founded by a guy in uh, Silicon Valley who was, um, uh, you know, a Taiwanese-American um, who mortgaged his house to start the company and mm -hmm. took it to one of the top TV brands, you know, using Costco and Walmart channels and things like that. But, you know, last year we had Vizio at Cedia and, you know, their, their pro premium line there, which is pretty impressive, 4K stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I think that, you know, from a business standpoint, it's it's a giant investment in continuing this brand's growth. I mean, there's, there's probably a lot more to it in terms of where this this company uh, in China is going to bring products into the United States. And uh, they apparently are a content provider like a Netflix over there, kind of mm -hmm. an Apple type of company as well. Quite, quite a lot of opportunity that they get their foothold here with, and they need they needed a better TV brand. They didn't really have an established right. had something, but it wasn't quite, it wasn't going to make an inroad into the competitive landscape of, of flat panel TVs. And now they've got it. Um, so I think it just basically, you know, gives Vizio even more firm footing uh, because of the great influx of cash. Well, yeah, because it, it's pretty much allowing them, you know, from from what I'm reading, it it's allowing them to just continue to invest into their business model, right. um, using as you said that that influx of cash. Uh, Vin, does the fact that it's it's you know a a locally started company, um, does the fact that it's now being uh, operated as a wholly owned subsidiary of the Chinese firm, does that change? Anything uh, for 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 dealers going forward? Uh, no, I don't think so. I, I, there's probably the opportunity to you know offer up new new products from it. But you know, I, I had the um, good fortune to meet uh, William Chen last year at our show. Mm -hmm. He came to my booth and it was a very quick appointment. I didn't know who he was. But I knew he was someone important because people around us kept taking pictures. <laughs> and so I said, so I said, so, so William, how can I help you? you know, after about 20 minutes of formality, I said, how can I help you? He goes, I need somebody to hang my TVs. And I said, okay, well, we have the channel to be able to hang your TVs. And mm -hmm. I, you know, I took a look at his card and I see that he's the chairman of uh, of uh, Vizio. And uh, he was very progressive in his thinking in that I recommended that we install, insert in every package uh, a card that, that states have this equipment uh, installed by a CD Home Technology Professional. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he sells 9 million TVs a year. Yeah. Uh, he's got quite the operation. So I did a follow-up uh, meeting with him at his uh, headquarters in Southern California and his facilities are just drop-dead gorgeous. Uh, so from what I know about this transaction is it was too much money to turn down. And the structure of the deal is that um, uh, the company is now owned not by um, uh, William Chen, that he gets to retain 51% ownership of another technology company that he has. And Lico, is that how you pronounce it? I think so. <laughs> how do you, how do you pronounce the company? Okay, uh, I'm guessing. <laughs> yeah, they um they own you know 100% of Vizio, 
right. and 49% of Mr. Chen's other company. Right. So I and, and from what I hear that in the press conference, you know, Mr. Chen, William was quite somber about the whole thing, that mm -hmm. it was the right amount of money at the right time and that there were people all around him that worked very hard to build the company that deserved, uh, you know, this 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 deal the way it's structured. Right. Yeah, and it, it's it, I view it just as a good thing. It's you know it's mm -hmm. a a feel good story that an, an an entrepreneur you know started something and is now getting rewarded uh, quite mm -hmm. quite well for what he's doing and his brand continues to just grow and 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 be a a phenomenal part of not only our channel but. Uh, the consumer electronics channel in general. Um, so, Matt, hey Matt, just a little side story that that company that Ven brought up that he owns, um, you know, the majority stake in. Mm -hmm. That I don't know if you read any further on that particular venture, I did not but know. Uh, it, it apparently is. Uh, it's trying to create a kind of I would say, for lack of a better word, an algorithm or something that's going to track. Um, streaming media usage, so it adds an advertising kind of component there for, you know, right now there's really no ratings when it comes to viewership on um, right. you know, Netflix and online media, you know, streaming media, so his idea, I believe, is to try to be able to, to monetize the viewership of that, which could screw up programming eventually, because right now it's like the wild, West. everybody's just putting up great content mm -hmm. because there's nobody telling them that it's not getting viewership, it's just... Right successful, you know, according to HBO Go or, you know, Showtime, I mean, you know, whatever it is, they just have to kind of make a judgment call on it, and it's uh, subjective, which is great for viewers, but, um, you know, from an advertising standpoint, you never know really what you're supporting and how yeah, many eyeballs you're getting. So it's kind of an interesting thing to watch and see how that affects the content side of things, mm -hmm. you know. Well, and I, I would think it can also that has the potential to expand into the the TV side of the market as well because if he's able to quantify things as they're rolling out software updates and, and different player features, having that information can extend back backwards that way as well. Um, let's finish up real quick with uh, essentially the reason Vin is outdressing both of us so well today. Um, you had a you had a meeting today. Uh, with Mr. Chang uh, K. Pak, who was awarded the 2016 Cedia Lifetime Achievement Award. Uh, he is the president and CEO of URC, and uh, as I said, was this year's Lifetime Award recipient. Then um, this is, you know, pretty much all of us have had experience with URC. URC is kind of one of those companies that, uh, in my personal opinion, it's that company that everybody kind of starts down the path of automation with um, and really plays an integral role in, in integrators, you know, business life. Um, why, why did you select uh, Mr. Pack for this? Um, and just, you know, tell us a little bit about, about, you know, him and, and what he's achieved. Well, first I was, it was, an honor to meet him today. Uh, I, I really, uh, I, I thoroughly enjoy visiting manufacturing companies and touring their facilities and, you know, uh, uh, excuse me, one second. 
So, so, um, so we we made an appointment to meet today, and uh, their their headquarters is in Harrison, New York, just 32 miles from where I live. And um, uh, Mr. Park is quite a progressive thinker. So here's this company that started 27 years ago. He had the foresight uh, to know that uh, that home automation, home theater were going to be, you know, terrific businesses. And, mm -hmm. and men like Mr. Park don't speak in the now. They, they speak uh, in the future. Even though I was with him in the present, he, we were speaking in terms of, you know, uh, where the market is moving and what the opportunities would be and what the convergences are between, he specifically cited uh, security. And, you know, no one else talks like this. I mean, there have been others, like you had mentioned earlier, you know, Mr. Spear of uh, Lutron, Mr. Feldstein of, of Crestron. You know, these men are the Thomas Edisons of our age, and we're so <laughs> fortunate to, to have had them and to continue to have them with a, with a man like Mr. Park. And I, I promise everyone that, uh, you know, you'll, you'll get uh, – chills right when when you see him uh, receive his lifetime uh, achievement award because he so deserves it so i can say this it's not only for the contributions that he has made but the contributions that urc will make because of his progressive thinking right right very good um first of all thank you gentlemen for for coming uh, the last thing I want to do just before we, we wrap this up is Cedia is just around the corner. Um, I, I myself, unfortunately, most likely won't be there. Uh, I've got a baby on the way that's going to you know, make that a little tough. But, Vin, um, just give us the dates and where to register and all that information for anyone who somehow doesn't already know that. Uh, Matt, I seem to have lost. Oh, could you repeat what you just said? I lost audio for a bit there. <laughs> well, um, I was say, yeah, not a big deal. Um, CD is right around the corner. Uh, for anyone mm -hmm. who somehow doesn't know uh, where it is, how to get there, how to register, um, just give us a, a, a quick little in, insight on on that, and you know, definitely why integrators need to be there. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Just say CD you're there. CD you're there. there. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, no. I mean, uh, first of all, you know, a, a trade show is where the industry converges. It represents the industry. We've got more networking opportunities at at at, at times that are convenient uh, uh, for our members. The keynote, very important. Shelley Palmer. Uh, he is the uh, tech specialist for Fox, for CNN, and he talks business and he understands our channel. It will be the finest keynote speech that I think that we've heard in many, many years. So that's Wednesday night. The Very Lifetime good. Achievement Award will be, will be uh, we will have that celebration just before the keynote on, on Wednesday, the night before the show starts. On day one of the show, right that evening, we have our CD Awards and Celebration, and it will be hosted by Carly Knobloch, who is from HGTV. She's the technologist for HGTV. 
She is so smart. It's going to be a wonderful event of and a long evening of networking, fun, awards celebration. And those winners, those award winners, will have the opportunity to be interviewed and celebrated for the rest of the show, days two and three. That's right. a big change from years past where we had our mm -hmm. awards and cel our banquet on the last day after the show was over. Right. So please register. Register quickly. Uh, you won't want to miss it. We'll have 20,000 of our friends uh, at our show, and it's, it's, you know, it's an opportunity to be with your community. Definitely, definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm always a huge pro proponent of trade shows and that you just you can't get that same experience anywhere else. Uh, but, gentlemen, thank you so much for, for joining me uh, and, and joining us on the show. Jeremy, uh, where can people connect with you? Well, uh, on Twitter, um, at Resi Editor. Um, our website's residentialsystems.com. And uh, like us on Facebook, Resi Sys, S-Y-S. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much. Uh, Vin, again, thank you so much for, for joining us and, and making me look underdressed. I appreciate it. Uh, where can people <laughs> connect with you? Well, uh, reach me at any time at, at uh, vbruno at cd.org. Uh, and I just want to give you a shout-out to the registration. It's actually expo.cd.net. That's gotcha. where you want to go to register for our show. And that's expo.cd.net. Uh, for myself, if you'd like to follow me, you can always find me at Matt D. Scott, uh, as well as pretty much on any other social platform just like that. But most importantly, please stop by avionation.tv. You'll find this show, as well as a wide variety of all our other shows that cover all the other markets and verticals that uh, we're interested in. When you visit the site, please make sure you check out our underwriters page. Uh, they help support us and, and allow us to do what we do, and uh, we'd like it if you support them as well. Uh, thanks again for watching, and that's all the time we have for Resi Week.